Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, aka Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, aka Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way, we're good for you. Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. We are delighted to see you this week. Um... Before we get started on today's episode, I just want to jump in and give you a little reminder that if you haven't been able to have a look at the details for the sweet retreat yet, um, the sales page is linked in the comments below. Um, and the reason that I want to share the retreat up front with you is because we're just both so damn excited. Um, so this will be year three of the sweet retreat. Um, and if you haven't been following along, if you're new to the show, if you're new to us as a duo, um this like I said this is our third year and the sweet retreat is three nights four days in uh the most incredible house uh in the Brecon Beacons in Wales um it's a really small intimate retreat um we make sure that you've got everything and we spend four days working on your brand working on your confidence working on your business and your wonky crowns and just immersing you in uh, a little group of like-minded wonderful women um we also bring along our brand photographer as well so you can get some shots while you're there and it's just a really really gorgeous uh stay and a really beautiful way to work on your business and give yourself that little bit of time and a little bit of space so now that I've got that out the way and shared that with you um and you've clicked off and gone and looked at the website and you're no longer listening um (laughs) it's time to it's time to catch up so Joe, how's your week been dare I ask if I was to say to you, full of snot and bubbles, would that what kind of what kind of image does that conjure up? Let me tell you, I have been a poorly princess. I have had to rely on my own sass this week and and have my own medicine and a spoonful of sugar has not helped that go down. Let me tell you. I have but not been very well, and it's been one of the busiest lead up weeks that I can possibly have within my business with the book coming out next week um there's so much to do with the book ball there's so much to do with the book launch it's been a week in business let me tell you but I'm excited because the person that we have on today because we've got a guest for you guys today the person we have got on I know is the kind of person that deals with the juggling of all those balls when you have a family and a business. But we'll get to that in a minute. So, yeah, the week has been Lemsip, Paracetamol, Ibuprofen. I don't say that right, but I don't care. Um, And it's been all the things. Yesterday was hard. I had a proper meltdown yesterday. So those that think that fairy godmothers don't (laughs) have these meltdowns. I was almost like, you know, in the Wizard of Oz where they pour the water over and she just melts. That was me yesterday. But, but you, were, you were more magenta than pink yesterday. I was more magenta yesterday than I was me. We know that my magenta is my darker shade of pink. Right. So I was magenta yesterday. She definitely rocked up, but got my sass into gear, went full hog, went in search 
of the medicines that actually do make me feel better when I'm in that kind of mood because you just think you can't do it all. You're tired, you're feeling low, and you're just not at your best. So I had to pull my sass out the bag yesterday. I roped in my community for the people that always get me out of that space. Danny Wallace, Danielle Hansen, they literally pulled me out. It was like fishing for a huge blue whale yesterday to reel me back <laughs> in and up the ceiling and everything else. So that was yesterday. Um, so that was community. And do you know what I did last night? And we'll talk about it a bit more later on. But I watched a film last night about a 16-year-old that sailed around the world in a boat called the Pink Lady. She was the youngest person that's ever done it, Jessica Watson. And you know what? Put everything back into perspective. Absolutely. I have chose to be where I am. I am grateful for where I am. And I can do this even when I'm on Lemsip. Uh, ibuprofen and paracetamol so after watching that film honestly it brought me back it really really did so have your self-awareness strategies in place because you need them because sometimes times are low and the seas get rough and that's how it was yesterday but go and watch that film it's just come out it's called true spirit and it's amazing anyway that's my catch-up how was your week <laughs> uh so wow talking of book launch um, we helped out on a practical level yesterday and took some snaps. I had a full dose of pink yesterday. It's like your pink just kind of like expanded itself. Had a full dose of pink yesterday. We went out and uh, on a top secret little mission um, and took some snaps of the book that is not released yet. Because um, we've got somewhere local to us that is just like, it's so unbelievably on brand. It was a no brainer. To be like, Joe, can I have a copy of the book? Because I want to go take some pictures of it, please. Um, so I went out and did that yesterday. Um, and yeah, totally absorbed myself in pink and neons and flowers and pink coffee cups and pink cakes and all of the things. And uh said as we were leaving, um, I think I've I've definitely had my dose of pink for a little while. So I'm good now until the book ball. <laughs> I see the glow. I see the glow. <laughs> so we are here this week with a guest and I have known about this person for quite some time I saw this person first at Be Inspired do her talk but actually never got to have that conversation with her afterwards so this has been a long time coming today we have uh with us on the rhubarb and custard podcast the beautiful sky barber the very efficient super fantastic sky barber that can help you juggle all the bell balls because she is there for all the family driven entrepreneurs and i know from personal experience because you work with one of my very very close friends i have seen the transformation i have seen what you are capable of there is magic in this woman everybody sky barber Thank you so much for having me. I feel like that is the biggest build-up I've ever had. <laughs> I'm sat here like turning a shade pink myself. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I definitely feel the pressure when people are like, you're the person with all your shizzle together when it comes to family and business work and balance. Um, and those moments where I also have those meltdowns, I'm like, this you know, we're, none of us are perfect, are we? And I love about your podcast is showing the vulnerability of being a business owner and trying to be all of the things and do the absolute best we can. And sometimes that's hard. That is really hard. So I love the way you share, uh, Jojo. And um, you're certainly not alone in those uh, magenta moments either. <laughs> it's the acceptance of them, isn't it? And it's knowing that they're going to come. And it's yeah. just having a strategy behind that 
to be able to deal with them. And it, expectation is a big thing in my world. Um, mm. Don't put too much expectation on you. Expect mm. the unexpected. Mm. And that way then you're already kind of halfway there to the acceptance of those situations. Rosie and I have always been really, really um, conscious about the fact that the whole wonky crown imperfection, you know, perfection does not exist. Mm. And, you know, when you expect the unexpected, then, you know, you're really prepared for most mm. for most things. Mm-hmm. And when we say having your shizzle together, Sky, tell us kind of like in your words, give us give us the elevator pitch for want of oh. a better for want of a better term. But tell us who you are, what you do, because yes, we've just had that beautiful build-up, which is all valid and all mm. definitely um worthy. But it's the fact that there's somebody out there that recognizes that this needs to actually be looked at mm. and have a strategy behind it because mm. We've had lots of guests on this show that have felt when you've got a family mm. running your business is like looking through a window. Rosie and I talk about it all the time. Mm. And when you are looking through that window, looking at everybody else, that's hard. So tell them, tell mm. them about you, Scott. So I work with those driven, ambitious business owners who also happen to be parents and they want truly the best of both worlds. But at times, you know, you want to be that present parent, but you've got all these business ideas that you also want to drive. And it, and it, and I hate to say it, but at times children can feel like an inconvenience because you're like, I want to work on my business. But then equally, when you're working in the business, you want to have the flexibility and freedom, the true family freedom mm. to be with them and be present emotionally, physically, mentally, and have that bandwidth. But it's huge, isn't it? You know, the pressures that we're under, the expectation, as you said, that we put on ourselves. And when you're hungry to succeed and the goalposts are always moving for a lot of entrepreneurs, like we always feel like we need to be doing more and more and more. And through my life, I saw the impact that had on relationships, basically. So I'm, I work in two ways. I've got a very practical, logistical, operational background. So I know to build and scale businesses, we have got to have structure. We have got to have systems. We've got to have support. We can't do this by ourselves. But actually letting people in, outsourcing, how to delegate, how to let go of bit of control, how to make it freaking worth the money you're spending beyond people. Like all of these things become very practical problems. And when people are faced with this, particularly in a small business where maybe just yourself or you and a couple of um, freelancers, it becomes really hard, like easy to just keep on doing things yourself. And so what I do in the second part of, so we've got the very practical, logistical, operational stuff. And then the other side of things, it's all to do with your, the, 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 your personal side. So the psychology around why do you keep doing the things that you're doing? Why are you stuck in the same patterns? And I've developed some um, intellectual property on protector patterns. So there are four different ways in which we keep support at bay and we keep doing this stuff ourselves. So my real gift is bringing the logistical operational stuff to a business and really blending it with that person's needs, that person's control needs, that person's way of working and truly understanding people and what makes people tick. Because ultimately, if I can put the business owner in the best possible place to be present as a parent, to be thriving in business, then you're going to grow. And from that, you're going to feel so much happier and be able to create a life of full freedom is what I call it. Mm. So yeah, I work with, um, very driven, typically uh, 
parents, not always, but people who found maybe then the balance has gone the other way and it works just become too much and it's too encompassing. And how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that situation? And you need strategies, exactly what you said. Like I told you, I love talking. So I could talk about this all day. Um and I'm <laughs> gonna all... I'm gonna be quiet and hand back to you at this moment in time. <laughs> this always happens, right? So we have we have a guest on and they go through what they do and they say it and then me and Rosie end up, our mouths start to open more and more and we more. We get closer and closer to the... We get closer and closer <laughs> to the screen because we're like all these things. And then you say it like, it's like, and that's the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. There are so many questions that have just come from everything. <laughs> you've said that we're like, okay, where do we start to unpick this bowl of spaghetti? Because this is what everybody listening will want to know. Because yeah. everybody right now, that listens to our show, our listeners, I know for a fact that they'll all be going, oh my God, I need to, I need to listen more. So many questions mm. because it's relevant to all of us. My children have grown up yet yeah, this week. I've got Jess going through prepping for her mock exams. That's been another part mm-hmm. of the pressure that's been in my world this week. Rosie's got a smaller children. Um, you know, it doesn't matter, does it? It's family and family can be as well. Even if you're looking after extended family, like your parents or whatever, exactly. we're at those ages where we're doing that now. So that's another, mm. it's caring, isn't it? Outside of your business, which for most entrepreneurs, we forget to say that their business is quite often their other baby. Yeah, <laughs> because it definitely became another one of mine. So mm. it's like, and you care so much about it. As otherwise, why would we be doing it? Why would we be putting ourselves through this? Because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then it's it's like all of these questions. For me, there's a couple here. But Rosie, have you got anything you want to kick off off? Because I'm you know like, what? So many. <laughs> I just like I just listened to that all of that, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Like it's just it it's so that role is so needed. Like I so I've got um a nine-year-old and an almost three-year-old. So um I first started working my own business when my now nine-year-old was about 18 months old. Um so figured my way out kind of through that, how to be present, how to how to build my business, how to be present with her, and kind of very much screwed it up. <laughs> if I'm I was expecting you to say organically, not screwed up. I don't think no, you screwed up. No, very much screwed it up. Um, and we, I, my then husband and I, uh, divorced when she was um three, I think. Um, and and then she went off to school. So things got a little bit easier when she went off to school because I had this bigger chunk of time that I could just kind of disassociate myself from mum life a little bit mm-hmm. um without the guilt because she was at school and just throw myself into it and then it it helped me block my day off and then the second baby came along quite a long time later Millie was six when Eva was born um so I had to figure things out all over again but she was born two weeks into the pandemic so I suddenly found myself in this very very extreme situation of trying to work my business trying to homeschool the big one trying to recover from this horrendous infection that I had after childbirth trying to look after a newborn again mm. after six years of you know a child not a baby uh my other half working at home upstairs in a very small two-bedroom house so trying to just keep on top of it. and it was just like everything was happening at once all of the time <laughs> like yeah. all of the things all of the time 
Um, and so because I was in such an extreme situation, it forced me to figure out a way to deal with it. And I had to mm. like we ended up um, literally sitting down with a calendar and time blocking everything out so that I could at the very least kind of compartmentalize different things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's given me some really useful strategies that I bring into my business now that, you know, life is relatively back to normal. But whenever I talk about balancing work and home life and stuff on my social media, that's the content on my feed that always gets the most engagement. Um, And even just like sharing my day and, you know, showing people that actually there's only maybe four or five hours of my day when I'm working. And the rest of the time is, you know, picking up from nursery, picking up from school, run, feeding the kids, doing bath type, like just having family time. Um, that it it really highlights how much that like your role is needed by mm-hmm. by parents um mm-hmm. and those with more than one thing to balance so yeah I just listened to you say all of that and I was just like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing that Rosie and I, I what I think what's key here and obviously the pandemic you know we, our lives changed yeah. completely I had a small baby like uh six months into the pandemic and a newborn, even not a small baby, had a baby. I had a, I had a baby I at that point. Just a baby. So yeah, um, <laughs> my second child. But I, where my work is different to other people's is I have this, because I've grown up with family businesses. So I'll tell you a t- little bit about my background and why I came into this. Um, very fortunate entrepreneurial parents, but my mom had to give up her business to have us four children when my sister came along. So the third one came along, it was just all too much. Mm. And my dad, we never saw, because although he was based working from home on the farm, he was under so much financial pressure uh, that he just kept working, working, working. And so I grew up believing, okay, well, I can either have to give it up and be a great mom and very present, or if I want financial freedom, I have to like not have children in the same way way and I need to, you know, my business has to be everything. And I knew I I wanted both, but I didn't know how. Um, but I knew I didn't want to do it like that. Now my parents we get on really well and I'm very fortunate, but my dad and I don't have like he doesn't know how to deal with me. He doesn't, we don't have an emotional relationship. I know he loves me and respects me and you know, there's lots of positive things there, but you know, not once, not once did he come to my school. Never did he come to a play I was in or a match I was in or anything like that. And, you know, he just didn't see it as his department. He would even call it that. That's not my department. I don't do that. And so my relationship with him is so different. And I really feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for the fact he couldn't let go of control. And it really highlighted me. So this last summer, after the pandemic and everything, my brother and I paid for an amazing villa in Portugal and took all my family. There's a lot of us now. um, And we went out on this holiday and my dad until an hour before the taxi left to go to the airport said he wasn't coming because he was too busy working an hour. We'd given him nine months and it smiled. And it just made me think like I was, I was upset. He did come for a period of the time, but what, what that made me realize is like, you can have like, this is what I've learned from kind of the situation I grew up in. I learned through John Lewis partnership. I was running teams of 250 people and I was 27. I had a business turnover of 45 million that I was responsible for, you know, every single thing that happened, 25,000 customers walked through the, the shop every week. Like that was my responsibility. I knew the practical stuff. 
But you can have an amazing team. You can have all the systems in the world. But unless you're prepared to understand like how to let go, how to bring people in, let your vulnerable side show, allow people to, to trust others, to build relationships with people, unless you're able to do that, you can have all the freaking support in the world, all the systems in the world. You ain't going to scale. You're just going to work harder. And that was a prime example of my parents. And I knew growing up, like I'd learned all the stuff in John Lewis that actually didn't have to be like this. Then I went on a personal development journey through burnout and suddenly realized, okay, you can have all the help, but you can still, if you're not prepared to let yourself release from the doing and actually lead, then uh, you're going to end up just overworking. And it was like an epiphany moment where I was like, I have to help business owners with this because too many business owners were just stuck. Or they were saying like, and there's nothing wrong with this at all. Oh, I'm fine. Just like, just being me. And it's, and it's, um, you know, I've got, I'm at max capacity and that's it. That's it now. I'm like, that's absolutely fine. Well done you. But that's a, that's a job. Do you want to grow a business? Because there are ways you can do that. And they're like, I just didn't know how. I didn't know how, well, especially in the personal brand space. Other than going online, it feels like it all has to be you. I'm jumping about 20 different topics here. I'm getting so <laughs> overexcited. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very excited here because I'm like, I want to ask her about that. I want to ask her about that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I will come I will come back to you. My point, my point being, though, working with being in family businesses, my husband's a farmer. We all work together. We all live together. My in-laws are two meters away, 10 meters away, literally my... Like everyone is together. And I know the dynamic of home and work life. So when you were talking about um, the pandemic, Rosie, and you were saying about like you needed your husband involved or your partner in, involved, and it is about your support team. And that is as much about home support as well mm. as business. Yeah. It's it's crazy because I know um, a lot of your story, Sky, because I've listened to your podcast, which I think is fantastic. Um and I feel like there's so many different areas that we need to like I want to get as much value for anybody that's listening to this but they will be able to come and find you afterwards and we'll talk about that but I want to I want to go back just a little bit because if we we so when we talk about wonky crowns right your starting life was not as simple as everybody like you didn't just glide into this did you you know how things happen for you and I'm talking about how things were for you like at school and mm. then in business and how mm. that kind of happened for you can you give us a brief intro to that because I don't want anybody to underestimate how you got to where you are because I think when people listen to this and they they think that we just automatically make this thing happen. And I know we're talking mm. about the structure and family life and making all that work, mm. but there's a process to this and there's a story of how you ended up where you were and you worked hard for this guy. Yeah, I think uh, I often feel like I've got something to prove, like I have to do this by myself because, you know, I did grow up in a very like happy situation and in a like lovely farm life and felt like I had, you know, within reason, a lot of the things given to me that I wanted to. But um, and then for that, I always tell myself like, oh, but I don't have this like story of struggle. But you know, life it throws curveballs at us, doesn't it? And I think what you're highlighting there, Jojo, is like, I've always been very good at building a support team around me. So much so by the age of nine, my local school didn't know I couldn't read or write. I could write my name and that was it. And 
it was because my best friend was amazing and you know she just helped me and I looked like I loved reading and I was in a large class and I just slipped under the radar I was very well behaved and didn't like doing things wrong and my family were amazing but we're outside a lot and like that education side wasn't a real focus and so at nine I couldn't read or write and my parents decided to move schools at that point which ended up putting so much pressure we went down the private route and it put so much pressure on them like you know, I still feel some sort of degree of guilt, I suppose, of what it did to them. However, at that point, I realized like I had to go from, uh, I was the equivalent of like, I don't know, four-year-old or five-year-old in the classroom and I had to catch up. So I always felt like I was the odd one out and I was behind a lot. But I, what I recognized that to get through school, I needed to focus on the things that I loved, the things mm. that came naturally to me. So I, I was there like running a pretend magazine club at school at nine, bearing in mind I couldn't read or write. Um, but what I could do, you know, we never really made the magazines, but I hosted the meetings. We had the clubs, you know, I inspired everyone to join me and I realized I can get people to follow me and. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed communicating via talking. So where I couldn't read or write, I learned that my voice was really powerful. So I became doing stage things and doing drama and dance and various things that I, I loved. And it meant that by playing to my passions, I could then just sort of work on the bits I wasn't so good at and just do it, do just enough to get through it. And then I ended up, um, getting to university. And then at university, I realized like I completely went on the wrong course. Again, trying to prove a point, doing like financial stuff. Like anyway, I then realized like, I'm going to come out of this university, like bog standard as everyone else. Like what makes me different? How can I create a bigger impact? And I started a student organization. I had 50 volunteer students working, working for me for free, which actually is flipping difficult in a student population, getting people, students out of bed to work for free. Anyway, um, and we taught business skills to the local community in Leeds. And it was the most incredible few years of my life. And that's what opened doors to make me, to allow me to pitch to large organizations, um, to get them to be sponsors of this charity. I then got headhunted from that into the John Lewis partnership. So I was like skipping all of the assessments. I was skipping all of the like applications and all of the, you know, the tests and stuff, which I absolutely knew I would fail um, or would really struggle with and wouldn't stand out in the same way as when I'm presenting on stage. So even in my career, when I joined the John Lewis Partnership, I always found ways just to continually play to my strengths and not only do that for myself, but to build a team of people with different strengths and that played to their unique strengths. And by recognizing the talent in others, people wanted to work for me. And I would, to the point where Hannah, who works for me in my business now for three years, she was a mentee of mine in her early 20s in Waitrose. And then I got her promoted. And then she came and worked for me in Waitrose. Then she got promoted again. Then she came and left and worked for me when she started her family. She came and worked for me in my own business. So it's all about like understanding what makes you you and how do you spend your time there. Um, and so, yes, I have dyslexia. Do I get so embarrassed writing in my my five-year-old's book. I misspelt about three things last night. And uh, and I'm thinking, gosh, she's only five and I'm already getting this wrong. I do like that. They, I do struggle with those things, but I tend to put myself in a situation like podcasts where I can talk <laughs> rather than write. And I, I've done that all my life, like play to my strengths. And, but more importantly, done that with the people I work with and recognize that in my clients as well. What are you brilliant at? How do we spend more time there and remove this other stuff? Like we don't need to do it. 
why force ourselves to do things that like tech, like if you're not great at it, it's easy to outsource. It, that's just one example. <laughs> I mean, that story for me, every time I hear this story, it absolutely warms my heart because it just shows that. And it's not even about the story of struggle or anything like that. It's the story of strength. Mm. And we do mm. not focus on that enough. And yeah. what would have been your absolute nemesis definitely became your nemesis, which is <laughs> it's your self-awareness strategy that is everything about you focus on the good stuff because you absolutely could have let that ruin your sky. And it absolutely could have been a completely different story. It's a story of strength and it's really about focusing on that. I mean, honestly, like I've heard that several different times and different snippets and different bits of it. And I always think about the fact that you are skipping these steps because you are focusing on your strengths. Mm. And it's that, that when everybody just listens to the narrative in their head, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. What can you do? Focus on that. Because yeah. and, and where you've taken it to a whole other level, which is where when we talk about passion, why we do what we do in our business, it's quite often to help our former self so that nobody else is ever there again. And that's where the passion comes in. And that's where the true grit comes in and the determination and the drive. And that's the legacy to make the difference. Right. But where you have done that, you've now taken that into a leadership model to do that that's how you work within your team yeah. how wonderful is that I just get really excited by that and that's but that's true freedom as well because that's not you holding yourself back by the things that you can't do yeah so you talk about freedom dynamics mm-hmm. I mean just like just share a little bit of that sparkle for us because <laughs> this is all this is all relative well, freedom dynamics is this whole view of like freedom in the like the workplace dynamic and the home. Like obviously when we run online businesses, particularly in the last few years we've had that that crosses, you know, there's a lot of blend going on there as we're working and living in the same space. But it's how do we how do we set our lives up for success? Because I do look at things holistically. Like I look at like the lady who helps me at home with some childcare and home stuff. She's part of my core team because without her, I couldn't be here. My two-year-old is at home. I couldn't be here having these conversations and doing the things that actually I want to do. I want to make that impact. So Freedom Dynamics is about designing your world, home and work, to, to play to those strengths, to be majority of the time, because I don't think anything's perfect, as we've said, but to be... um how you would want to live it. Because at the end of the day, like we have this time once, I don't know about you, but looking at the children growing up, they go, it goes so fast. And it's like, how do I live each week intentionally with um, the making the most to have a successful business and to be feel proud of what I'm achieving work-wise, but equally to be that, that present parent and to have family freedom, which I think is really key. And so I like the fam- freedom dynamics is how do we do that? How do we blend the really practical? Who do I need for help? How do we, how do I strategize my meal planning as much as how do I strategize my content creation? Um, right the way through to how am I recognizing where, where my energy is being taken up? How am I putting boundaries in, in terms of my communication time or um, my time on my phone? So it's about those two worlds coming together, both the personal side of the way in which we do things and the practical of 
what the heck we're doing with our time. Okay, let me throw this one in there. And this is a big (laughs) one. Both of you prep for this because we've all got it. Let's throw in, and I feel I need like a um, a dramatic voice for this mom guilt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! I did. I did a TikTok on this yesterday. I've just started TikTok. <laughs> wow! Well, I thought play to my strengths. I like video. Let's go into TikTok. So, uh, yeah, mom guilt. I talk about it trotting in. <laughs> Look. I try and say what is the point in feeling guilty is just space, you know, being taken up when I could just be doing the work thing or doing the family thing. Guilt doesn't actually help anything, but it's it's real, isn't it? It does, it does mm. come up. And I find it comes up more around like some judgment of friends. Like people say to me, like, oh, you have you have a housekeeper, you have someone to help you at home, or like, oh, well, we don't have that, or I couldn't afford that, or or equally like feeling guilty about I have some friends who are in nine to fives and when I'm like, oh, I'm just taking this Friday off and Wilbur and I are going to do this. Like, oh, like, don't you work? Don't you, don't you, don't you have a job? And I'm like, well, no, the whole point of having this business is to be able to do both those things. So mum guilt for me is one of those things that is often triggered by what I think other people think rather than actually what I think. And I really try to, I talk about this critical pattern. So that critical voice that comes into your head, like turning the volume down and mm. really recognizing, okay, well, what is this about? Like, and trying to find the solution to move forward. It's about knowing why that's coming up, isn't it? And so if that is, you know, the judgment of others, then you've got to stop giving a flying fluberry what they flipping think. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's your problem, Mm. not theirs. And, you know, I think the whole, I'm kind of jumping to takeaway, but I'm not there yet, but I just want to say and highlight it here. It is about creating a life that serves you. Yeah. And it's about putting that joy and fulfillment in there as well and that that is actually possible yeah. um Rosie, I might oh sorry Rosie you go I was just gonna say I think it I think it is really important to kind of pick it apart and be like where like where is this coming from because like I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm just gonna use like I don't know Millie's Christmas play as an example like is that is it a core value for me as a parent and as a business owner that I build a life where I don't have to say no to going to things like that but the reality is it is it that or is it just if I don't go and I let somebody else go is it that I'm just going to feel horrendously guilty that I feel like I should be going mm-hmm. like which, which one which one is it I don't know it's the should <laughs> word first of all the should word needs to go in the bin there's no should let's it's be good. honest do you want to go well that's the thing I've been to some horrendous plays. Exactly. They're rubbish you. 99% of the time, right? They are rubbish. But you go because, you know, you want to go and you want to be there. But then I'm like, do I want to go? Am I just going to feel horrendous for her if I'm not there? I don't know. So I go. Does it depend <laughs> if they're Mary or not? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I am glad that I, I was able, um, I was a rep on the road and I was able to go to a lot of the plays and a lot the sports days and some of the horrendous concerts um but <laughs> well, you're there. you you probably haven't got to these I don't know how old all your kids are when they get given an instrument at school right? not at that stage not right. at that stage yeah I'm gonna give you a top tip here and you're gonna thank me for this don't do right? it 
no, 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 no. They have to do it. So it's fine. But you want to really build up to this. This is strategy for you, right? You want to build up and you want them to love the clarinet. You do not want them to love the trumpet, the trombone or the big things because you've got to carry that stuff to school every Thursday and you have to clean that stuff. The clarinet is the way to go or the flute, trust me. So you need them to love that and go, when they ask who wants the clarinet and who wants the flute, their hand needs to go up. It makes it so much easier. (laughs) Otherwise, they come home with the big trombone and you're like, that's my life in my house for the next three years. We we Um, just just had years and years of like the glocken, is it a glockenspiel with the things like the entire class of 30 kids all on them and I'm like my ears hurt this is I'm yet to come to this phase I'm I'm not looking forward to it not particularly musical myself but we were talking about outsourcing and like shall I let someone else go like I let someone else do my two-year-old's jabs you know that what the last ones they had to do I I didn't do those it wasn't the daddy (laughs) like right okay yeah I think you know what you need to experience some of them and I think your child probably wants you to go and be there and experience some of them. Mm. So that's about the balance, isn't it? That's about the balance for both. And, and also knowing there's no that, right or wrong. Like it is just what you want to do. And I find myself yeah. being like at the weekend, I used to say like, oh, I have to do some work this weekend. I would say to James, I have to do some work. And now what I realize is it was not I have to do some work. It was I really want to go and do this thing. I actually don't want to spend two days just with my children. Um, I'm choosing to go and do this work. And so now I I actively say, I want to choose to do this with you all, this with my children and this for me. And whether that is exercise, whether that is go for a walk, like I just need some alone space. I'm just going to the office to do some work. I want to do some creative thinking, but it's about saying like, like I am actively choosing this and it's not because mommy doesn't want to be there on Saturday. It's just mommy needs a break. Mm. Well, I think yeah. mommy just wants to be mommy and like yeah. that's okay. And I think yeah. that's a lot of the thing that we don't actually give credit to is just, I mean, Rosie, I think she's looking under the desk for a soapbox here because she's about <laughs> to get on it because where I'm going to go with this next bit is a very big passion of Rosie's. I think when you do, we're going into here a little bit feminist on being a mom and the expectation yeah. uh, that it lands on you yeah. kind of thing. And that, you know, we're in a very different era now, very different generations yeah. of we work and we do the home stuff. And when our other half or partner might take the bin the bin out for us. Hold on a minute. You're taking the bin out for me, are you now? Or are you taking the bin out because you use the bin as well? Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the child. I just outsource the bin doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's that part of it. So we we are perfectly within our right to still want to work, to still want to be us, to be creative, to be valid, to be an individual and not just a mom. Rosie, go. We had we so this weekend just gone. My other half went. Um, where did he go? Went to Sheffield to watch the football. So it was an away game. Sports aren't lo- local team. Went drove drove up to Sheffield with a friend. Went stayed the night after the match. You know, and I had um, our youngest. The big one was at her dad's. So it was just me and the littlest. And then he came back on Sunday. And I, the one thing that I really wanted to do with my weekend was go to Curry's and go and buy a new computer monitor. And I was like, shall I go with Eva? I was like, it just, it just, that just sounds, feels more stressful than yes. enjoyable. 
Uh, so I waited until he got back and he walked in the door and I was like, I'm going out. I'm going to Curry's. And he's like, I've just got in. I'm shattered. And I'm like, here's your child. I'll see. <laughs> and it took every ounce of my strength to like stick with that decision and not be like, why don't we all go? It's all right. I'll take Eva. Like, because he had a long drive. Fair enough. He was tired. But I was just like, no, this is the one thing that I want to do in my weekend. It would take me about an hour. I'm going to drive the long way via Starbucks to get myself a coffee on the way. And I will be back later. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's hard. It's really hard because there's so much kind of conditioning, I suppose. Yeah. Being in that mum role uh, and being sort of the primary caregiver majority Mm. of the time for your children, it's really, really hard to be kind of disciplined with yourself and be like, no, this is okay. You yeah. know, it's all right for you to just walk out the door on your own. Once Rosie, share your share your Christmas Starbucks story. A Christmas Starbucks story. When you was in there and you'd got Millie with you. Oh and- yeah, yeah. Was that Christmas? <laughs> I, I think remember it, when it was. Christmas. It was a it was a half term. I think it was a half term. Yeah, and uh, like I was still working. I hadn't planned to take any time off. The littlest was still in nursery, uh, but I had Millie at home um so we went to Starbucks and I took my laptop and she brought her iPad and I brought her a hot chocolate and stuff to get some work done and we went it was quite early in the morning and there was four other tables with all with men sat on them on their own about my sort of age maybe in their 40s like family aged men not one had a child with them but like and so (laughs) I'm the only woman sat there working with a child next to me and it just like it was just like that little moment that really kind of highlighted mm. like this is not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, the way, I mean, I'm really lucky. So my husband was at the rugby this weekend, last minute. Oh God, I absolutely flipped the lid though. My dad phones him with two tickets. He tells me one, t- he tells me a ticket and then he invites his best mate to go with him. I'm like, I was presuming. Anyway, I digress. Normally, he's really thoughtful and really good. And we, I believe in teamwork. This is about sharing parental, home, financial, business. You know, how do we share this load between us? Um, you know, for example, in retail, Christmas time would be our crazy time. James would make the dinner, like help me there. Harvest time, very busy on the farm. I will make the packed lunches and I will go out to the field on the tractor. I mean, you'll probably see on my Instagram with my children and all the picnics and everything else. You know, it is about teamwork. Put farming families in this though. And my mother-in-law, love her. We get on very well. She says to me a few years ago, I don't know why you want to do this whole business thing. Like, why can't you just like stay at home? Is that not enough? It's not that it's not enough. It's like, this is just not how I want to live my life. Plus the fact, the things I want to do with my life mean financially, I need to contribute a significant amount. So that is also part of it. And I think like, I look at just literally my mom, stay at home farmer's wife, my in-laws, like people think that we should, you know, we're literally like tied to the arga. (laughs) And I say Arga because that is the reality. I have a 70 year old Arga that she was felt like she was tied to. And I felt conditioned that as a farmer's wife, particularly if I'm not looking after everyone in a caring, nurturing way, I am freaking failing. That's how it was like deemed. That's how I've grown up to believe. Um, and 
changing that is really hard, particularly when the narrative has always been, oh, farmers, they wake up really early, don't they? Oh my goodness, they get out of bed early. They they start work so early. They work really late. They work really hard. And all of a sudden I'm telling my dad, I'm selling online digital products and I'm not actually having to do, you know, I guess I have to market. I'm not saying it's completely work free, but in his head, he's like, he said to me, well, I think, I think you're a con artist. Sorry, I said, of course it's, well, that's a load of crap, isn't it? I was like, excuse me, actually, you really need to take this course, but I think you're a bit of a hopeless case right now. Um, But, but, you know, that's the kind of resistance I've had to go through because in our way of doing business, if it's not on the land and grown, or it's not bricks and mortar, if you can't Mm. touch it, my mom even now still says to me, oh, darling, like, do you want to sell a product business? Do you want to, I think you'd be great as a wedding planner. I'm like, I've been in this business (laughs) making multi six figures for five years. No, thank you. (laughs) It's working smarter, not harder, isn't it? Exactly. That's exactly exactly it. And you know, we do have so many systems and things like that. Now, oh, honestly, Sky, I could talk to you for ages and I'm clocking the time and I'm thinking this needs to be like a three-part series or something <laughs> because there's so many elements here to talk about. For anybody that's listening, <clears throat> what are your like three like top tips for, you know, finding the balance, being okay with it? What's your, what's your three top tips? Okay, firstly, it's deciding and defining exactly what you want. So again, going down to that conditioning of what do you th- think other people think you should have or what do you believe is the right balance? Like, sod that. What is it that you want? Mm. If you want to work eight hours a day, good for you. I chose to work every evening this week, at, but that was a choice. I wanted to do it to get a specific project done. Decide what you want to do and then you can absolutely make it happen. But point number two, you cannot do this by yourself. Like you have to think of things as a team. When I couldn't afford childcare, my mother-in-law was my team member. She had my son one day a week. You know, I think of people like building my support network, whether that is free friends, just I loved what you were saying earlier about you calling on your support network with Danny and Danielle, um, Jojo yesterday. That's exactly the case. Like build your network. And when you can afford to outsource things or build in-house help or um, business help, then you absolutely have to do it because there's one person you can only do so much and you will be forever going round and round in circles in this busy bubble. And then the third thing is that whole like, do what you do best, get help with the rest, which is kind of linked to the second, but to seeing and knowing what you are, what lights you up and what you are great at, knowing that it's not going to light you up every single day, but on the whole, you are, you enjoy it. You love spending your time there because that's where the money is. And if you think of it as a ladder, all the stuff you are great at are going to be the high value tasks. And we need to get rid of everything else. I know some people who just adore ironing. I can't think of anything worse. I know people, I love cooking. I know people who hate cooking. I know, so I keep the cooking parts. It lights me up. It gives me creativity and energy and get rid of the food shopping. That's some home examples. But in business, you know, I nearly didn't start my business because I was scared the tax man was going to take me away for making a mistake. So I got a bookkeeper pretty damn quickly <laughs> because I wasn't invoicing anyone. <laughs> I was too scared. I've been working on my money mindset that a lot. That is such good. Such to good Get rid advice. of that and keep, I mean, you can't see me, but my hands are wailing, flailing everywhere. Just keep <laughs> doing the high value stuff, which is typically the stuff that lights you up and people energizes you and people say you're great at. 
well that's where you're that's where your energy is going to come isn't it and yeah. that's where you are like you say you're going to be at yeah at your absolute greatest something i want to touch on before we go to our dessert part of the show which is the takeaway so rosie i'm giving you four warning have a think about what your main takeaway is today but something that um i read that you wrote sky that i thought was really really interesting was you say about ask for the help and you can't mm. do it on your own and you put do it be, it normally is best to do it before you're ready yeah I think that's yeah. such good advice because we all get so nervous and I think that's about the scaling part of your mm-hmm. business just mm-hmm. give us a brief in, in, in you know insight into that yeah I've picked up the pieces of people hitting burnout and all stress affecting their whole lives because they didn't ask for help early enough and we, there's a, something called the independent pattern that comes out and we believe we should or could do it all ourselves And actually what we don't recognize is if we get help in earlier, we're going to make more proactive decisions. We're going to make better decisions. We're not going to ask, you know, get a random referral and say yes to the first administrator that says that says they can do the job because we're under that much pressure. We're proactive. We can set people up properly. We're going to give that relationship actual chance to work. And therefore you're going to get a better return on investment. I'm not all for throwing your money at everything and just like fluttering it down the drain. I'm about getting great return on investment, but it's hard to do that when you're already maxed out and stressed. You need to be thinking ahead. And one thing I do for my clients is always look at, particularly when they're scaling from that multi-six to seven figures, it's like, how do we develop the people to then develop the business? Because business doesn't become about just numbers in terms of clients or whatever it is. It becomes an internal game of how are you keeping and developing people to be able to grow? that becomes your limiting factor. So it's about doing that early, no matter whether it's just you and you're thinking, I might need some help in three months, start planning it out. What does that job role look like? So that when you hit, and and how are you going to know you've got there? At what point are you going to say, right, I'm getting that cleaner. I'm getting that um, inbox management. I'm outsourcing my social media. At what is that point? So you don't have to rely on the emotion taking over and making challenging decisions you can rely on a bit more of evidence and logic me and rosie sitting here nodding going oh my just, god this woman is a genius writing a shopping list of people yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need someone to clean my toilet yeah <laughs> the cleaner is one of the best things that i ever did and i did i held off for so long for fear of judgment yeah of it and yeah, it literally served me, gave me so much energy, so much time, so much. Oh, it just gave me so much back. And the woman that comes and does my cleaning, um, she's like obsessed with cleaning. She's the exactly. happiest she can ever be when she's here. So if you're looking for a cleaner, find one that definitely has OCD because honestly, they <laughs> love it. And it's like she's in her happy space. And I'm like, come in, Kerry it's yours have it and you know you are you're spreading joy but yeah this is a thing you've given so much value sky i am so grateful we are so grateful for you coming on rosie what's your takeaway for today oh i think today do you know what there's been so many i think it's playing to your strengths like figuring out the things that you really love that you're really good at and being like how do I do more of these things and less yeah. of this other crap yeah <laughs> in um, in a word there you go word. yeah there you go <laughs> love it. Oh, Sky, what's your takeaway my takeaway uh, is something you said Jojo about 
I felt like you, I was diminishing my story a little bit and actually bringing that to the fold and being bolder to share that rather than um, it being like a, yeah, like a throwaway. So my takeaway is I'm always about owning my uniqueness, but owning my story as part of that. It's it's huge, I think, because it's so inspiring for others and it shows people that, you know, those things can be done. It's a roadmap for, mm. for others. Mm. My takeaway <laughs> is two things. Um, well, it's three, actually. The oh, you're allowed three. I'm going to blend it all in because it's the choice is yours is really my takeaway the choice is definitely yours you choose where you where you can be and I don't I don't think enough people realize they have that choice Mm. so it's that choice but also the fact that you've got a tractor and I'm going to come and kidnap you and your tractor (laughs) because I feel like I need both in my life so (laughs) If that's okay, that's, yeah. that's a bit of a takeaway. Yeah. I'm like, I really want to see Sky and her tractor. Yeah. Um, Sky, where can our listeners find you, follow you, listen to you? Do you yeah. have any free resources? Yes, I do. So come and find me on Instagram, Sky underscore Barber. On my link tree, I have a free resource. Well, yeah, I have two things I think are really key. One is um, an assessment, a test to review like which protector patterns coming out and keeping you stuck in the doing. So that's very much more about behavioral analytics. And then I also have, it's a, it's a mini offer. It's not a freebie, but a whole system that I'm just redeveloping right now on how to systemize, streamline and structure your business. It is absolute gold. I share it with my one-to-one clients who spend a lot of money and I'm sharing it for 37 pounds. So there are two ways that you can get my help for very little or completely complimentary. So come find me on Instagram. I have a podcast and I'm also just joining TikTok, but I think that's enough right now. <laughs> I'm very impressed with your TikTok. And for our final question, because we always ask this to our guests, mm-hmm. if you were a dessert, what dessert would you be and why? She found this very difficult to answer. Um, to me, I think it's got to be a warm, homely apple crumble with a little bit of goodness because you feel like you're having apples that are probably being made, grown in our garden and then a little bit of naughty spice and lots of thick, dodgy crumble on the top with a big dollop of custard. Home, you're coming home to a lovely, warm, satisfying pudding. Oh, <laughs> I am so here for that. I'm here for the spicy topping. Love an apple well, crumble. I always eat the crumble. I don't yeah, eat me too. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Sky, seriously, thank you very, thank very you. much. Um, loved having you here. Rosie, oh, what a what a corker. Yeah, fab episode, I think, packed with value and definitely one that needs like a, a re-listen. So go back to the start <laughs> and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and pick out all those bits. So that is it for this week. Um, if you haven't, if you've forgotten, then please don't forget to subscribe and also go and check out the sweet retreat, which we might just have a little bit of apple crumble, but there'll definitely be rhubarb. I can guarantee you that. Um, so go and have a listen for this week. It is goodbye from me, rhubarb. It's goodbye from me, custard. And it's a goodbye from me, apple crumble. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.